Welcome to another CJ3 Foundation podcast. I'm your host and the director of the CJ3 Foundation, Eric Thomas. Give me your undivided patriotic attention as we're about to impart on you another story of service and sacrifice representing our mission to serve our nation's wounded heroes. You're listening to us here in the land of the free because of the brave. Let's uphold our oath, leave no warrior left behind, and support our thin green, blue, and red lines. Why? Because this will defend. Uncle Sam and CJ3 want you. This is a CJ3 podcast. With me now is a couple of Purple Heart recipients and a couple of heroes who are here in town, part of the CJ3 Foundation. And uh, guys, I'm really excited to have you in here. Ronnie Langley, he's a Army vet and uh, a Vietnam veteran. And uh, John Reimer, who's a Navy SEAL, and um, both of them here in the office. And here in town, uh, spending a few days going through the CJ3 Foundation. Uh, first, we'll start with you, Ronnie, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected to um, the CJ3 Foundation. Okay, that sounds great. The, of course, I'm from Georgia, if uh, folks don't recognize the accent. Uh, old Southern boy. Uh, born and raised in the South. Uh, I was drafted. That's how I wound up in the Army. Uh, I wound up and just served 26 months. Uh, when I got back from Vietnam, they decided to send me to the state of Washington, to Fort Lewis, because they needed Army people over there to go back. And my wife at that time, she did not like the West. <laughs> so she was homesick for the Southeast, so we came back, and I'm in my second marriage now. Uh, three kids were the first, none were the second, so it's worked out really good. Uh, uh, my Army career pretty much consisted of drafted, done what I was told to do, went to Vietnam, they went down through there, you, 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 and every six man went to a different company. Uh, I was sent with, mine was selected to be the 101st Airborne. Uh, they taught me how to jump out of helicopters, repel out of helicopters, whatever I needed to do. True infantry outfit. Uh, because I was short and stocky, uh, I was selected to be the radio man. Uh, I asked them very politely before I went out on my first mission what happened to the other radio man. They said he went home. And I said, oh, that's good. They said, well, he didn't go home that way. Mm -hmm. They said, you got the dangerous job out there besides point man. They left us shoot the radio man. They got communications. I said, well, gee, thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. So along with the help of those guys, uh, I mean, I survived up until uh, January of 70, uh, and that's when I was wounded. Uh, I was wounded pretty bad, uh, had to be medevaced out, uh, uh, couldn't carry myself, had to be carried out. Uh, went down to a city called Cameron Bay, which was a convalescent center, stayed down there 30 days, and I came back up uh, north close to the ZMZ and went back out with my company. Uh, so I finished my tour uh, over there in Vietnam being wounded. Uh, since I was wounded, I didn't have quite as tough a job. Didn't have to carry the radio with that. They kind of gave me a little bit of slack so I could go around. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, but uh, it was a rewarding experience. Uh, I grew up on a farm, so I mean, I knew all about how to take care of myself. Uh, but when I got back and uh, started back to college in uh, 1972, I was a man. 
I left a boy. When I come back, I was a man. And so here I am all these years later and how I wound up with CJ3. Uh, my son uh, went through this program uh, the fall of last year, which would have been 2022. And he said, Dad, I think this would be good for you. So I filled out the application. So here I am today. So that's how I know about the CJ3 Foundation. And, uh, and I know a lot about it because of what my son has shared with me. And uh, my son, uh, he is an, an ambassador now yeah. for CJ3 Foundation, Brandon Langley. And he and I are the first father-son to go through this program. Um, making history. Yep, making history. Um, so, uh, welcome uh, to, to Albia. We're, we're thrilled to have you, and um, uh, it's our honor to, 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 in some small way, be a host here, you know, as a, as a community to, to you. And um, how old did you say you were? 74. Folks, you wouldn't know it. Um, uh, you would not know it. Uh, this, this guy, um, you know, uh, he, he got the battle wounds, but man, you looking good. <laughs> Oh, so we'll go into a little bit deeper here, um, but I want to bring uh, John here, Johnny Reimer, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Navy SEAL um, yeah. from the Navy. Uh, tell us uh, how you got connected. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected. Yeah, I was in, uh, so in the 80s, I was in construction and everything after I graduated high school and uh, ended up joining the military. Had a tragedy at home, uh, so I was like, things were going bad in business, so I left and joined the military at 24 years old. Uh, kind of odd, but uh, I had to figure something out to get out of the neighborhood, if you will, which I was in Pennsylvania, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, so I ended up splitting and leaving everything I knew with my wife. I was married at the time already three years, and uh, she had just gotten pregnant, and I needed benefits. So I joined the military really for benefits, to be honest with you, uh, and then ended up finding out that I could become a Navy SEAL so I shot for it and went for it did all that stuff and ended up going to uh, Bud's out in Coronado California in 1993 and uh, made it through that after being rolled back for some injuries uh, to my leg which just some stress fractures that were pretty bad and uh, finished up and went to SEAL Team 3 in Coronado I did two deployments over there on a, one on a boat and one was just we fly over and we do some uh, international training we train a lot of folks uh, at, in other countries in order to keep their capabilities of protecting our own countries up so uh, but we were always on call for anything that was happening it was 90s so there was nothing really going on I went to Kuwait after the war uh, in 1994 and uh, that was interesting went up you know, drove out towards Iraq, and you could you couldn't see the the, the what was the I forget what that road was called the mile yeah, the murder uh, mile yeah, or something yeah. whatever it was. You could see all the the vehicles down there across the border. But uh, anyway, finished up that, and uh, I tried out for another uh, SEAL team, if you will, and uh, got selected to go to that and made it through that training as well so now I'm a little bit more advanced I'm getting up in there from there I we did a couple of uh, sh just training events and then all of a sudden the war kicked off in 2001 uh, 
I deployed to Bosnia one time in there. Uh, but then uh, once the war kicked off, we were in uh, Afghanistan. I stayed in Afghanistan pretty regularly uh, on my deployments uh, where some guys had split. We started splitting our forces, if you will, and we were sending guys over to support uh, another group over in Iraq. So I ended up staying in Afghanistan, did a couple to four, four or five deployments there uh, in Afghanistan. And uh, on my last deployment, <laughs> I was at 16 years. I ended up, I was splitting the country in two weeks. I ended up getting shot and uh, on a compound assault. And uh, that put me down. And uh, they ended up requesting or suggesting that I should medically retire due to my injuries. Uh, blew out my leg, hit an artery. I lost like six pints of blood on target. And uh, it was just a... Uh, after that, I had a lot, like 15 surgeries on my leg and uh, ended up, yeah, getting medically retired at 16 years, unfortunately. They could have shoved me in shore duty or something like that, but they ended up just having me go through that. So once I finished up, uh, fortunately, I had, that wasn't part of the plan, right? You're supposed to go to 20. All in your last two years or something, you figure out what you're going to do on the outside. Well, I was out and I didn't have a job and I was broke, you know? So, um, fortunately I, they hired me back at that specific command, which is Naval Special Warfare Development Group. And I became a lead instructor there for the next 12 years. So is that good or is that bad? No, mm. it was actually bad because I stayed in the same environment and lost a lot of friends. So that was bad. But it was good for me because it kept me focused. I stayed there and uh, did my job and did well. Was a was a government employee at the time, and then um, in 2019 I finally walked away uh, after everything settled down, all the dust had cleared from everything. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Extortion One Seven, but that was a helicopter that went down right after we got Bin Laden. Um, they were working on a target and ended up getting shot down. We lost 31 folks on that bird. Uh, that was unfortunate. Uh, so that really struck a nerve and I ended up just doing a couple more years and, and ended up getting out. And now I'm just actually retired, but I'm part of a startup company. So. Um, you find yourselves here in a little town in the middle of the country yeah right yeah. is this this could be as foreign as a foreign uh, you yeah. know for me yeah yeah me too and uh um and you hear part of the 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 you know it's a holistic approach the cj3 foundation and i know um each of you know that um yeah. and this being a part of it uh, an important part in the mental health um, aspect of it and um tell us a little bit about uh, you know coming into albia and it, it had to be a little strange coming into a little town and, uh, and um, yeah, you know, uh, and then you, you're not even really, I don't know if anybody could prepare you for the, 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 what you're going to go through because there's a lot here. But talk a little bit about that, Ronnie. Well, in, in, uh, in my case, uh, you know, to get here, I had to come through Hartsfield International Airport. And folks, if you've never been to Hartsfield International Airport, you need to go. It's an experience. You get to walk about two miles to get to anywhere. 
And then once you get to that two miles, they tell you, well, it's a mile farther on down through there. Uh, but, they, I mean, it's just a huge, business airport in the world. So that just kind of gives you an idea as to what it is. Atlanta, Hartsfield, down south. Uh, fly to Washington, D.C., that's pretty busy. Reagan is a pretty busy airport, but we didn't have to go anywhere. We just went to our... And so you, yeah. you did not know each other. You, you, no, you, yeah, the we, first time you interact or meet is in, uh, in D.C.? D.C. Yeah. In an airport. In an no, airport. we were actually sitting on the bird. I sat oh, that's down. Right. He, I, I sat down, and he goes, "Are you Johnny?" And I looked at him, and that happens to me on a regular. I'm like, "How the hell do you know me?" <laughs> but I did. I did because the the you know me being 74, when they holler, we're loading the first ones. Veterans get to go first with the first ones, whether they say it or not. At the airlines, you just go up, you go on. Uh, I always wear my veteran's hat so they'll know I'm a veteran, right. that I'm just not trying to break the line. But, uh, yeah, we, we actually met on the plane, and then we get out here to Des Moines and land, and it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, no, wait a second. Yeah. Do you know I've, do you know the I mean, traffic jam I suffered this morning? Oh. I got to the stop sign, and a guy had the nerve to drive by. I had to wait for him to go by. I mean, do you understand the rage you can get from a... It's a little different world out here, isn't it, boys? So to get from from our gate after we got off the plane down to baggage claim, which neither one of us had baggage, but we had to go to baggage claim to get there. But but to get down to the bottom, it probably took us at least five minutes or less, didn't it? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, to get down to the bottom. And and then so, you know, of course, I watch a little bit of cops, so I know a little bit about Nevada. And Nevada's flat. And so everything I see is flat. Everything. So we wait for our ride to pick us up, and we start coming this way. It's flat. Every now and then he'll go down in a valley, and he'll tell us about how good the deer hunting is here. Yeah, yeah. It is. This is what they look for. This is a flooded area whenever it rains, and then you're flat again. And then, of course, we get here to Albia, and it's flat. <laughs> I, st- I stepped out in front of the CJ3 building, and I, th- I, told, I told them later on, I thought I was in the bottom. Yep. I, I could not see, see the end of that street. I mean, the street just disappeared way down through there. It's level and plumb, boys. It is. It's level I and plumb. Mean, it is, yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's, it's like you say, though. I mean, I walked out of the building, walked around. The, uh, Johnny's walked a little bit more than I have, but there's no car. You just... You just jaywalk or do whatever. cross wherever you want to. Or. Well, it can be frustrating having to wait for a car. <laughs> you know, it's the unexpected, yeah. right? Now, you, you had, so, you, by the way, you're going to be here, you know, um, uh, I think your, your trip here is just about done. But, yeah. um, you know, when you come back, because I'm yeah. hoping you'll come back, right? Back in August, possibly. Then, right. Yeah. then you'll, we'll you'll get accustomed to the wave. Yeah. Because that's there's right. not going to be a car go by that's not going to wave at you. Oh, that's me. Now, remember, I'm from the South. Okay. I mean, we still throw our hands up at every car that goes by. Well, it's a, I mean, it just that's just the way. It, whether they wave or not, yeah, they see right. your hands. That's right. Yeah. And so the few cars that I have seen going by, I'm standing there maybe not crossing. I just wave at them just like this and smile. <laughs> and I'm sure they might say, well, who's that guy? But they wave back. They wave back. They wave back. Good. Yeah. Johnny, you're uh, here. Uh, both of you are part of the the, the mental health uh, training point, but right. you're you're That's also right. in the the process of uh, uh, 
getting to where we can get a dog as well. Yeah, I'm actually getting a dog. So my my uh, how I found CJ3 is really unique. This uh, female was walking down Virginia Beach on the um, on the boardwalk there, and she had this big Malamute dog. It was it's an extra 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 large husky. It's about this big. Anyway, fluffy and anything. I'm like that dog's beautiful. Yes, that and the other thing. I said I'm looking to get a service dog, but I'm sick and tired of hitting roadblocks. I had roadblock after roadblock, or they want to do a complete uh, top secret background investigation on you. And I'm like, dude, I'm already like, no, I'm not going to do your baloney here. Yeah. So she says, oh, you should you should try out CJ3. I'm like, whatever that is, I'll yeah. look it up yeah. when I get home. And uh, sure enough, I filled out the application and never called me the next day. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, you Johnny? I said, yeah. He said, well, Johnny, I had to validate you. I called this guy, Jason Redman, uh, and uh, he said, Johnny is everything he said he is and more and whatever. And I said, well, that was really nice of him. He goes, well, no problem, man. We're going to move forward with this. And uh, unfortunately, a friend of mine um, from SEAL Team 3 back in the 90s ended up about a month ago committing suicide. And... uh, Eric on that first phone call had said, hey, do you know Mike Day? I said, yeah, I served with him at, at SEAL Team 3. And he said, well, he hasn't been reaching out to anybody. He said, uh, I said, well, give me his freaking number. I'll go down to his house. I'll find, you know, whatever. Well, it was a week later. I didn't reach out, and he ended up committing suicide. But he wasn't letting anybody in, even close friends. So it was just his, uh, he was there. Uh, it was a bad situation. So after that occurred, uh, it seems that uh, Eric sped the process up a little bit quicker for me because he knew that I was suffering. So uh, I was very grateful for that. Well, gentlemen, we are both uh, thrilled that both of you are here. And um, uh, we look forward to um, bringing in part of the family and, uh, you know, uh, getting you when you come back, uh, that you come back and, um, you know, get around the community a little bit and get to meet some people and uh, yeah. let the town love on you as well. And um, we appreciate your services to this country and um, we're just thrilled to have you here. So thank yeah. you for taking some time with us as well. Uh, Absolutely. We're, we're, we're pleased to be here. I yeah. mean, this has just been an awesome experience for both of us. Yeah. Really has. Well, a couple of heroes, uh, yeah. a couple of Purple Heart recipients, and uh, a couple of guys that do not look their age. <laughs> do not look their age. We're going to take a time out. We're coming right back. Uh, you're listening to The Coach's Corner.